everybody and welcome to a mini-sode of Force Proximity. On the mini-sodes, we're going to do romance movies. And this episode, we have The Aftermath, starring Kiara Knightley, Jason Clark, and which Sarsgaard is it? Alexander Skarsgård. Alexander Skarsgård. Alright, so The Aftermath takes place in 1945, Hamburg, Germany, right after World War II. Correct? Yep. Can you give a little more background than I can? Because <laughs> you just finished watching it while I was prepping the show. Oh, sorry. I was editing our picture of the wine. Um, oh, gosh. I meant to I meant to look up the synopsis so I could just say it because I'm the worst person to Sh- Should I just read it off of no, it's Wikipedia? Fine. <laughs> yeah, because I never know. No, it's fine. I'll have to. I have to get better at this. Um... Husband and wife. Lewis and Rachel Morgan. Played by Kira Knightley. See, and I'm already I already started with the wrong thing. British officer Lewis something or other. Morgan. Morgan gets stationed in post war Hamburg, Germany. Yep. To clean up the aftermath, which is where the title comes from, of the devastation caused by world war ii and hamburg was a um is a manufacturing center of germany or is a manufacturing center of the axis powers essentially so uh, the british devastated the city like there was just the, it was very sad if you, to see it is if you look in the movie shows it perfectly like you can google images of of hamburg post-war even, and it's even though they it's were just awful it's they just, were the bad guys and like committed probably the most but, atrocious but thing all, in modern as, history. As in any any total war, civilians are affected too. Yeah, so even that. though it was a heavy manufacturing place, um, yeah, it shows the the devastation caused and and civilians were affected, children were affected, and it's very sad. And and that comes into play in the movie. It does. So. Oh, hit my mic. Um, so the Morgans are, well, the officer Morgan is stationed in Hamburg. I, I assume he's stationed there. He's he's in uniform. And he, his wife is allowed to accompany him and live with him there while he ass- assists the cleanup effort. And um, he's there to clean up and also protect... protect against the um the nazis that are that are still sort Mm -hmm. of um forming gangs in the city all right um so they get stationed they're in hamburg kira knightley plays the wife rachel they um they they're living in a house owned by by um the sarsgaard guy sarsgaard Mm-hmm. Alexander Skarsgård. So they've commandeered this house for him to stay in, and it's a and beautiful mansion. The Morgans haven't commandeered this house. No, the it's British. The British, yeah. It and it was a thing that you do. It was a thing that was done in in all of wars ever. Thank you, United States Constitution. Right, we can't <laughs> can't do that here. Can't do that here. Um. So we um. So they quartered the troops in other people's houses 
um, Lubert is Alexander Skarsgård's Herr character. Hair Lubert. Stephen Lubert. His name was Stephen. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. Um, Hair Lubert is what I think of him as now. Uh, he's very gracious. Very. He allows them. He allows them into his home willingly, um, and he and his teenage daughter. His teenage daughter doesn't like it so much. They, of course not. They have to give up their living quarters. But um, Captain Morgan, Lieutenant Morgan, I don't know what he is. I wouldn't say Captain Morgan. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> okay, we'll call him Colonel because I feel like he's high ranking. Whatever he is, yeah. Uh, Jason Clark's character. Just call him Lewis. Lewis. <laughs> this is me. Okay. Lewis, um, the British officer, has... Colonel. Okay, I knew he was a colonel. Colonel He felt like a colonel to me. Um, By the way, how do we get colonel from that spelling? I don't know. It's it's the British fault. It's their fault. How do they get lieutenant from lieutenant? Yeah. I'm, I'm sure there is a logical reason. They don't just throw consonants where adjectives are. But maybe it's an old Gaelic thing. I don't know. Yeah. Let's continue. Um. So Colonel Morgan says, well, this is crazy. You there's plenty of room in this huge mansion. Why don't you stay here, too? Mm-hmm. Um. So Herr Lubert is like, think that's that's a great idea because then he's not he doesn't have to go live in the. Camps. That camps, which internment camps. And um, so they move into the attic and this British couple moves into the, the lower levels. The suite, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the so rest of the house, So they have to deal with each other and they're considered enemies. Like, and the Brits were told the Germans are so different from you, you, you should essentially hate them. Like you and they were told when they when they arrived that you should treat these people as the enemy. Um, you should not be friendly to them. You should be very standoffish. Which she was. She was. But and he was not. The Germans were told the same thing. It doesn't show that in the movie, but in in the real life story, that's what happened. Both were told these are not your people. You should not fraternize. You should stay away from each other. Uh, you're you're not alike. Meanwhile, they're super alike. Meanwhile, how many? I mean, how like nowadays we think of a, a German and a British person as being very similar. They're yeah. both came from a Judeo-Christian background. Well, wouldn't they <laughs> even both be Protestant at this point? Uh yeah, most likely. I mean, <laughs> I mean Martin you Luther's still from have, Germany. Yeah, but you you still have some. Yeah, I don't Church know. Church of England is Protestant. Yeah. By then, even still, Catholic and Protestant. There's not a whole lot of difference. Yeah, don't tell the IRA that. Mm-hmm. So, how this is a romance is. <laughs> There is a romance in this. Well, first Trust you us. have to know that the married couple are very, they're estranged from each other. Yes. 
because we don't know why at first and then it comes out that they had an 11 year old son that was killed during one of the air raids during the blitzkrieg in london yes um they obviously as it like most parents of children that have died they dealt with it two different ways and neither of them dealt with it very healthily healthily healthfully healthfully i feel like uh the way he did it is how men would have done it especially he threw himself into work yeah especially in a wartime she she really didn't have a choice she was she she did she was trying to deal with it but she just had nobody in her life she just felt so alone and after her son died she had nothing all right let's let's uh Let's take a break. Okay. Because I have questions for this, and we're, you're starting to like bleed into the questions. Oh, well, I just want to say, let's finish the rest of the synopsis really quickly. I can do it really quick. Okay. I promise. So the husband and wife's relationship is not doing too well. In comes Alexander Skarsgård, who's like brooding and knows how to treat Kira Knightley the way she wants to be treated. Um, so they have an affair. It's love. And she leaves to go with Alexander Skarsgård, and we'll just we'll just leave it there. Okay, because I do have questions to help us get through the movie. Okay. First, I have trivia for you. Oh, okay. The newspaper is shown for the first time when the girls are acting as men in the attic. What movie is it? Little Women. Yep. <laughs> play play acting in the attic is their way of having a good time in the Civil War era. The paper is shown again after Beth dies when Joe is in the attic putting a few of Beth's personal items away in her hope chest. What is the name of the newspaper? The Pickwick Portfolio. The Pickwick Society, I have. Oh, okay. But you got Pickwick, so you got it. <laughs> I think they're the Pickwick Society. The paper is, I think it's called the Pickwick Papers. Okay. And then the Pickwick Portfolio, I think, is their, like, cluster of papers that they just have. So, it, I, but I knew it was Pickwick because that was, like, one of my favorite words after I just, after I was 12 and first read Little Women. I thought, I thought that was a good question. That is a very good question. All right. So, let's get in. Remember, these... These movie episodes, we're going to keep a little, try to keep shorter than our novel episodes. Yeah. They're just to let you guys know we're thinking of you. (laughs) All right. First question. How did the film make you feel? Um sad i said sad and uplifting at the same time i felt i felt i'll go i'll go into why okay so the loss of the couple's son is gut-wrenching when you find that out yeah as a parent it's your worst fear yes and obviously it put a strain on their marriage mm-hmm. they did not deal with it in a healthful way and back then i don't think mental health was a thing no I mean, mental health, psychiatry was really just starting. Yeah. 
like her doctor told her to start smoking for her nerves, yeah. which is actually not a bad idea, except for the nicotine. Like, we can go like. Well, okay. We can go into all the medicinal that's aspects of that's tobacco. A, that's so a different it is, podcast. That's well, not even I know, a but tobacco show. is a nerving, so it's really we think of it as so far out there today because we think of cigarettes as being so unhealthy, and they are so unhealthy, but they are also. <laughs> Not cigarettes as we know them, but tobacco medicinally is like it has so many medicinal properties. So that actually made so much sense to me. And anyway, let, let me uh, put the disclaimer that we are not doctors or medical professionals. So that's obvious. Don't don't take this as uh, exact science here. <laughs> All right. So the husband left. The wife to cope. Not left her, left her, but he like. He threw himself into work, was he, rarely home. Yes, because he felt. Took long he, assignments overseas. He took, he felt a duty to king and country. Yes. But really, he was escaping the pain of losing his son and not having to deal with how his wife was also feeling. Right. But I thought it was uplifting. Because mm-hmm. they realized they love each other. Yeah. And together that keeps the memory of their son alive for the two of them. Yeah. Where if they had been separated, maybe that memory would have faded and it just would have been just so hard. Yeah. The potential ending, the ending that that we thought they were driving towards, it was making me really bummed out. Yeah. And I I like it when you hear of a... a if someone has a, a tough time in their marriage, but they work through it. Yeah, me too. I always, I always love those stories. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had to go through their journey individually, but eventually they came together. Yeah. Eventually, all rivers reach the sea, as Robert Plant says, <laughs> and they fall back in love. Yeah. So it's sad. But it's uplifting. Well, and it also, but even the uplifting part is also sad because they still have to work out the death of their son. Which they did. It has been years. Yeah, but... And it's not like you ever get over you're that. You're never going to get over that. Um, I I was really saddened by the the bombing of it, of Germany and how... You see this, if you see the movie Joy Noel, like, you see these two cultures that are so... Similar. So similar. That's World War One, but still. I know, but it was the same... Uh, what I'm saying is they did the same thing in World War One. This This treating... Treating the Germans or treating the British as the other, and it it's just so, like, heart-wrenching the devastation that war causes and it's inevitable i'm not saying like england i i'm not a revisionist historian like i'm not saying england shouldn't have bombed hamburg it's i it's just what happened it was necessary it just it's just still very sad to see well it was especially more necessary in world war ii than it was in world war one Absolutely, because the Germans what the Germans were the not crazy. We're not crazy in World War One. That was yeah. before the Nazis. All they were doing were ugh, I'm not going on a World War One tirade. But the Germans were not the bad guys in World War One. No, they just lost. Yeah. 
All right. We good on that first question? Yeah, I think so. All right. What aspects worked well, which didn't think about writing, directing, cinematography, acting, all that stuff? I don't know. I love movies for the story and the plot. I don't care much about cinematography unless it makes the movie total horseshit and unwatchable. Yeah. What but was I'm, that King? Is it King Arthur? With Clive Owen? No. What was it? Was um? So don't I was like, don't you say anything? I want to say that Charlie movie. Hunnam was in it. Was Charlie Hunnam? No, in that was Robin Hood. Ugh. With uh, Jamie Fox as Little John. Ugh. Yeah, was ter- I couldn't watch that. The story was bad. The story. I didn't even get to the story because the cinematography, the style was just so, so off-putting. And it's, it wasn't just off-putting for me. Like, I could write a paper about how that was so inappropriate. I was going to say, don't you, don't you say anything bad about King Arthur with No, Clive no, no. Owen that's not it. what I meant. And Kira Knightley, who's in that movie. I know. The only time I saw that, I fell asleep through it. So I need to see that again. Oh, I love that movie. And I have the director's cut. So it get, it's even more violent. Well, I'm good with violence. And it has picts in it. I like the picked people. Yes. Um, what am I answering? Oh, what worked well? The soundtrack was beautiful. The acting was amazing. Jason Clark was like Kira Knightley too. When when they the both of both of the actors had breakdown scenes, and they were just so it was controlled. But it was they were emoting, and I don't know their their acting was brilliant. They're both brilliant actors anyway but these were i think really underrated performances i didn't hear anything about this movie Never until we just until we decided to, to get it. rid of hbo and we were looking to see if there was anything we wanted to watch before we were getting rid of hbo and i wanted to watch this movie yeah um yeah so i i, I even liked it and i'm not much for these kinds of movies yeah I more am now that we're doing this podcast. I think, I mean, I think it all worked well. Nothing was, I mean, I, I really can't speak to the direction because I don't, well I made. didn't read the script first and I don't know. The I don't movie know what was, was a director's choice, what was an actor's choice, what's a writer's choice. So the movie I, was well made. Yes. All right. What causes the major turning points in the narrative to come? To come. Why does that say that? I don't know. I copied and pasted it from a website again. So that's how it, that's how they typed it on the website. So not a very causes good the major turning points was so, well, there's an assassination attempt. Yes. I forgot about that. <laughs> that's like the major part of the story. Well, no, cuz when they were dancing and he confronts her affair, that's yeah. a turning point. Yeah. And you think it's all going to hell in a handbasket there. And then they try to kill him. The They're driving home. <laughs> so <laughs> after having this huge fight in front of everybody, um, as they're driving home and she's telling him, I'm leaving you for our live in neighbor. Yeah. And nothing will put things into perspective, like almost getting shot to death. And watching somebody's 
brains blow out who actually is driving the car. No. Oh, he wasn't driving. He, wasn't. he was in the, he was in the passenger seat. seat of the car. And had her husband. And that's the key there because yeah. he normally wasn't driving. Mm-hmm. And that he was so mad he just needed to drive. Mm-hmm. And the assassin knew that he was usually in the passenger seat. Yeah. So had they not had that blowout, well, they would have went home as normal. He would have been in the passenger seat and he'd be dead. Yeah. But because he got so mad and just needed to drive, mm-hmm. he he didn't get killed. Yeah. I just thought of that just a second. Yeah. Good so job. then he chases the assailant mm-hmm. with his gun. Chases him to the to the lake that's frozen, frozen. but not really. <laughs> <laughs> and the bad guy Instead of shooting the bad guy, which he could have and probably would have hit him because he's a, has a lot of target practice. Yeah. He doesn't. And his wife sees him show compassion. Yeah. And the bad guy just ends up falling in the ice and dying anyway. Yeah. And there was nothing that could be done. It's not like he didn't not save him. Well, he was trying to save a girl. Right. Who was, was... trying to save the bad guy. Yeah. So... And anyway, the bad guy just killed somebody. Whatever. Bye. Yeah. Bye. And he was, I mean, the bad guy was a Nazi. We're talking about like real Nazi bad guy who had had an 88 88 tattoo. tattoo. Um, Yeah. For those who don't know what the 88 tattoo means, eight is the H is the eighth letter of the alphabet. So 88 is HH means Heil Hitler. So those. Even today, the I hope, hopefully Neo-Nazis. more rare, the neo Nazis have eighty eight tattoos for that reason. Hmm. All right. So, would you say the the assassination attempt was a turning point? Yeah, I think there's several turning points. I well, think I think the confrontation about the affair on the dance floor is one. Yeah. The assassination attempt on the other is a middle one. And then as she's about, she's leaving. She leaves with Alexandra Skarsgård. But he like opens up completely about everything. Right before she takes off. And she second guesses and then eventually goes back to him. Yeah. So there's three turning points. Yeah. It's, It's a roller coaster. It is. Yeah. And then that's how everything is resolved. Is Kira Knightley stopped? Like she doesn't even take her luggage off the train. She tells Alexander Skarsgård, "I can't go with you," and she goes back to her husband. And it's it's a really beautiful ending. Yeah, and well, it's like a it's like a just in time too. I think that's that brings us to the next question: How does the film end? Is everything resolved? How, if not, why not? Happily and sad ever after. <laughs> You're sad for Alexander Skarsgård because he ends up being... I was waiting for a twist where he was the leader of the 88s. <laughs> yeah. But that didn't happen. He Thankfully. He was just this really nice guy. He who was, was, and he was... Who was very anti-Hitler when, very when the anti-Nazi war was on. Very anti-Nazi party. Yeah. Um, and... So you feel bad that he's left and and he he and Keira Knightley have this really passionate sexual relationship. Yeah. But we don't know that there's anything else there. Yeah. 
I think they just and happen to both need each other at I, the moment. I think And so they didn't too. necessarily need each other. They, they needed both anybody. just filled the spot. Yeah. And I don't feel bad for him as much because he's initially heartbroken, but he has his daughter there that he needs. Like, And he's still heartbroken. He still misses his, his wife. His who wife died. died in bombings also. Yeah. In the bombings of Hamburg. And he loved his wife intensely yeah. and misses her. And so Kira Knightley was just filling a spot for her. And I think they would have loved each other. They would have worked out and been fine. But I think it but ended it was up. Wrong. I think for Alexander Skarsgård character, his uh, his character, they were leaving to go to the Alps where he has his tiny little house on land. I think any any alpine woman he came across would have filled the role mm. that he was looking for. Not necessarily. Kira Knightley's character was very talented and very beautiful. intelligent and beautiful. Yes. Well. But I think there are, there are women in the Alps. I'm sure there are, but and I'm, intelligent I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not saying there aren't, but I'm saying I'm not saying that any woman could just fill that spot. Well, no, some like I don't know, powerlifter named Helga wouldn't work, but well, she might. You no, know that. no, I she know might. that. All right, here's where I kind of stopped answering the questions. Okay, because I just. Didn't we, have the mental capacity yeah, for it. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> How would you describe the main characters? Oh, no, I did answer this question. I'm sorry. What are their goals? I didn't answer this question in full. That's what I that's didn't That's fine. Do. What problems do they face? So, Kiera is Knightley's character. She's depressed, lonely, and devastated over the loss of her son and the fact that her husband is not there for her. And at first, it reads as she's very cold, very judgmental towards the Germans, um, ungracious and she's just doing what she's been told to do exactly yeah uh colonel colonel uh morgan morgan depressed but but pushing it down but he also has he has he understands the german soldiers mentality he he knows that the German people are not that dissimilar from them. He treats them with compassion immediately. Yes. Um, he is really, he's really a do-gooder. Um, he's really wants to make right. He wants to help Germany. Yeah, he wants to get this these people back on their feet. Right. But he is depressed. Yes. He's avoiding his wife. Yep. And avoiding the hurt over the loss of his son. And he's not just avoiding her. He's avoiding her and kind of shaming her for having feelings at that breakfast scene. So that's really inexcusable. It's And it's because he has a feelings. Yes. And he's working very Trying hard. Trying to swallow them. Yes. Yeah. And her, what's his name? What? Who? Her, uh, Stephen... Lubert. What? Lubert. Her Lubert is depressed over the loss of his wife. His home. He's lost his home. His, and his country is in shambles. And his daughter's kind of running wild. And he's had and a, and he his can't... daughter's hanging out with those neo-Nazis. Yes. Which is no good. And he's trying to do the best for her that he can yeah. in this situation. Yes. So, I think the more of the story is the aftermath of a war is devastating for yeah. everybody involved yeah so what are their goals 
What's Kira Knightley's goal in this movie? To bring her son back. She doesn't really have a goal. She doesn't have it. She's just trying to make it to the next day. Yeah. <sighs> I think that's all of their goals. It's mm. just to make it through. Yeah, but... Uh, Colonel Morgan's Colonel goal, is, Morgan's to rebuild, goal is, to, is to rebuild Germany. Rebuild Germany. Yes. He has... He has a... And he has a lot of work to do. Mm-hmm. And he's very high ranking in this project. Yeah. And... Alexander Sarsgaard, her Lubert, his he's just trying to make the best for his daughter that he can. Yeah. In the situation. He's an arch he was a former architect in in the Bauhaus school. I I was I was doing some research, not on the actual characters, because this is based on a true story. But um oh, I was is. doing some research and based on the things that I saw around his house that were obviously his um, the Mies van der Rohe chair and his um, he had an architectural model of a house that is suspiciously similar to uh, Mies van der Rohe's Farnsworth house. Um, I don't know who that is. Okay, so Mies van, <laughs> Mies van der Rohe and of course Alexander Skarsgård says it Mies van der Rohe which is probably how it's supposed to be pronounced. Is that German? Yeah. Um. Yeah, he was the last director of the Bauhaus School, which is um, which is where we get mid-century modern architecture from. And that's what that chair was. That's what that chair it was. It looked like it belonged in Don Draper's office. Yes. Um. <laughs> it's a cantilevered chaise lounge, which looks really comfortable, but it's very uh function over form. The whole thing is function over form. And I am not an adherent to the Bauhaus philosophy. I I like it. Yeah, I I appreciate it. Um, and I remember studying in history of architecture classes, and I always hated I, the Bauhaus style. But I I I loved everything like that Mad Men period, aside from like the blatant sexism and racism. Uh yeah, <laughs> but the but, whole look. The yeah, mod look. how Ugh. clean it is. It gives me the But creeps. I also love, like, <laughs> rustic log cabin. I don't like either of those. But those are two very masculine looks. Yes. Yeah. Well, anyway, so you can see. So from what I gathered from, uh, from the things that they placed in the house that weren't necessarily even discussed in the movie... Um, he was probably a Bauhaus architect. The Nazis closed the Bauhaus School of Architecture because they hated modernism. Yeah. They, if you go to not if if you go to Nazi Germany, if you go to Germany and look at the buildings that were built during the Nazi regime, um, they're very neoclassicist, but like. Like ancient Greece or ancient Rome, but they took it and they they squared it up. It's like they made it evil. It's it's amazing <laughs> so, to see. Like I've been in these buildings and it's like it's like this is evil ancient Greece. Okay, so y- you ready for this? <laughs> well, anyway, I was just it's just to I think they did that. They put those things in the movie to show 
how much of a dissenter he was. Okay. So Hitler put him out of business, and now he is and a he metal stamper. Yeah. Like, he works in some factory. Like, whatever Eminem's job in 8 Mile was, that's what he had to do. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what am I ready for? Oh, I was just going to compare how... <laughs> a rabbit trail that I went down? No, 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 no. It was for a reason. No, my rabbit trail is even okay. worse. How... You're saying how the buildings are squared up and evil. Yeah. Well, that's what the Empire did when they took over the galaxy. That's why in episodes one, two, and three, you had all those cool-looking planes. Yeah. And then New Hope, you had TIE Fighters. I love the TIE Fighters. Well, I'm so attracted to the, the Empire's The Empire look. is like very based <laughs> off the Nazis. Is it? Stormtroopers? No, no, no. I can see the stormtroopers <laughs> and the lines of when that when the emperor comes and even the music. So um, basically everything. The sounds. Well, genocide. The Death Star doesn't seem very Nazi-like, I guess. And the ships, those triangular imperial starships or whatever. That's because that's from before. Oh. They just kept it. Okay. See, I'm so good. <laughs> I'm so good at recognizing my Nazi architecture. <laughs> All right. These next questions, I don't know if you want to get into these. I just copied them. Where are they? What about that good inside's life? What? Well, what choices do the characters make? Oh, yeah, we got to do that. Okay, and we have to do the next one. I like the next one. All right, what choices do the characters make? Well, Kira Knightley chooses to have um, an affair. Yeah, but then, and stay. that's interesting too. Why? She, because she and Herr Lubert are enemies. Oh well, yeah, he's just there. It is so British. This thing that they do. It's so the English patient. <laughs> which I also love so much. <laughs> um, that is a so, movie we will not be watching. I know. I won't make you. That is the, that is, yeah, that is, there's, it's interesting. I think you would appreciate it maybe, but. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. I got to draw a line in the sand somewhere here. Yeah. So they're enemies. Kira Knightley's character hates Herr Lubert in part I think because she finds him really attractive and that's just the British way in these old movies these old romantic British period like the playground films. in middle school yes exactly <laughs> uh, so so she's she stays away and when he is in the room she scoffs at him for being in the room which is just you know obvious like sexual chemistry um, so then he comes in and he is, his head is cut and she obviously has to nurse him back to health. Yeah. He was caught up in a riot that he wasn't in. He, he just had just to walk to, down the street. He was trying to just walk home and he saw old lady get pushed to the ground. So obviously he's going to go help her up mm-hmm. and he gets caught in this riot. Yeah. So he's, he said, I was in a riot, but I didn't mean to be, which is totally accurate. Yeah. 
So he gets his head smashed by a bottle, I think. Yeah. Um, so he comes home and there's grit in his scalp. So she has to clean out the grit even though she hates him. Um, and then all of a sudden they're having sex. So that's yeah, how it, out of that's nowhere. How it, yeah, but that's how it happens in England, I guess. That's yeah. just how there's no like yeah. I mean, I love it and I I <sighs> I want to love it, but she's married to somebody else. Yeah. I wish these these moments could happen. And I was trying to think, like, what? when does this happen other than in The Hating Game, which is one of my favorite books? When does this happen when the people are not – when the two characters are free to have this happen morally? When you're not – making this a choice that'll hurt somebody else and in movies it's gotta be (laughs) rom-com never never though the only other times where i can think of something that's like like love affairs or people who love each other in that moment and they just like need each other this movie the english patient also an affair the british of madison county also an affair and they're like my favorite Pride romance and movies. You never see them kiss in Pride. Well, Pride and Prejudice is probably that's probably why I love it so much, because they're by the end when they're getting together, they are so desperate for each other. You don't need to see the sex; you just know, like you feel their desperation for each other because they're so in love. So Pride and Prejudice and my other <laughs> most recent favorite romance. Uh, Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> Raylo. Yes, specifically and only Raylo. So, um, yeah, because Han and Leia, they're kind of cool, but mm, no, he's probably like cheating on her with. He has, like, a girl in every solar system. So, and Anakin and Natalie Portman just suck. Like, I hate both of them. You hate those movies. No, I don't like Natalie Portman as an actress. I hate her stupid voice, and she sounds like a baby who's trying to take control of a situation. This Queen Amidala shows some respect. I don't care. And Anakin is just, Padme. Uh, well, he's I lo- terrible. I love you, I think. <laughs> but um, I'm like 12 and I'd rather ride my skateboard around. And But I'm supposed to be on the dark side. <laughs> All right. Tell us how you really feel. That's how I really feel. But Raylo is so perfect. All right. Uh, what choices did the other characters make? Does it matter? It doesn't, does it? No. It really is all whatever Kira Knightley is doing. She makes the choices. Yeah. Um, Jason Clark has to open up to her at some point, so he does make the choice when he's he's succumbed to the idea that she is leaving him, and he has he he just it's now or never. I'm gonna open up. It's my last chance to tell her how I feel. I don't even think it was even a last chance to get her back. It was a last chance to just say, all right, this is what I'm going through. If he thought he was going to get her back, 
I don't think he would have said it. I think he would have stayed like swallowing that. Yeah. What he was feeling. It's the fact that like he was in such despair that it was the dark soul of dark night of the soul of his soul and he like he had nothing left to lose and that's always such a great point in any story when a character thinks that they have nothing left to lose like he's already lost his son and now he's losing his wife and yeah he threw himself into work but that was only to escape those feelings those the sadness that he felt for having lost his son so like he had not to mention the PTSD he probably has from the war yeah yeah from destroying Hamburg which he now has to fix yeah yeah and I think they do allude to his PTSD in the movie a few times I think he has made some statements about being in war I can't remember like exactly but I'm I think there are one or two I don't remember but I'm yeah there might be so he does have a choice. He he chooses to open up after he thinks all is lost. And and uh and her Luber really doesn't have to make any choice. He's just along for the ride. Right. Because yeah. because his government stripped his choices away. Yeah. There was nothing left. He had to choose well for his daughter and for for him that meant going to live in Switzerland or wherever. In the Alps. Wherever in the Alps, yeah. Get away from Hamburg. Yeah. yeah. What is the view? I'm skipping this right here. Yeah, that's fine. What is the view of humanity? Well, I like the next part. What does the film say about the nature of human beings? And I I feel like I want to talk about this, like, like, I, I've been thinking a lot about how I, I love the... I love the like the sexual chemistry between Kira Knightley and Alexander Skarsgård in this. Yeah. But at the same time I feel like it kind of <sighs> emphasizes this idea that a man and a woman can't be alone in a room together without like getting it on. Which I th- think is wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. <laughs> but then I'm then I'm thinking of other movies like when Harry met Sally and that sort of goes into the I mean that's all about can men and women men and women really be friends without having sex or or yes they can I just but then I don't know but when Harry met Sally proved that they can't did I, it prove that they can, or is it just a movie? No, it, it, well, <laughs> it proved, well, it's just a movie. But at the same time, like, could that? I I don't think anybody would have come to the. I, I don't think the husband and the wife would have ended up together if Kira Knightley didn't sleep with Alexander Skarsgård. No, they needed a catalyst. Yeah, but at the same time. That doesn't make an affair okay. No. It doesn't sanction it. I don't know. It just, I don't, I, to me that, it just brings up questions about that, the like the sexual nature of human beings. 
Well, it doesn't say what is the sexual nature of human beings. Well, that's part <laughs> of the nature, the nature of, of human That's human. part of the nature of human beings, and that's what I thought about. That was that was part of my takeaway from this movie. The sexual nature of people. Well, well, you know how like I don't let you meet your female boss, or I I don't like it when, like, if you were to have a a closed door meeting with your female boss. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's appropriate. I don't think it's appropriate for anybody to be, and maybe that's just ingrained in my my like my college yeah but there there are things that are sensitive that have to be closed door yeah right and it doesn't mean you're gonna like like once the door is closed it's like you're gonna just jump into bed together but at at the same time like there's more of an opportunity when the door's closed. And it's not even there's more of an opportunity. You guys aren't in England. So, and not just, not you guys, but I mean a man and a woman or two women that are sexually attracted to each other or two men, whatever. Two people who are sexually attracted, or two people who are attracted to that particular sex. Like, if they're alone in a room together, it, I think it does can tend to lead to more flirtatious behavior if you know nobody is overhearing you. It can, but so how do you? I don't know. I'm not a trustful person by nature, so that's <laughs> that's, that's the problem. Well, it's not the problem, but that's it's not a problem, but that's that's the crux of the situation here. Right, you but don't I'm trust not, anybody. I'm not the only person who doesn't trust no. anybody. And I'm just wondering about if that can happen because feminists say like the opposite that like that there is no there should be no nothing distinguishing I don't know. I would think that feminists respect the idea of a relationship though and the the sanctity of that whether it be marriage or not no 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 I'm not saying that like the feminists are saying yeah go out and have affairs I'm saying feminists I think would say that there's no difference between having a male boss versus a female boss I don't think there is I think there's a I think if you are potentially attracted to your boss then there definitely is yeah, but but then again, there's so many more people now who are like out as bisexual. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe you have to be like if you're if you have a husband, uh, well, and they're attracted to their male boss. At the end you should of the be day, equally as. But okay, that's still not professional, and you need to act professionally at work. And what, what you're where, what it? you're alluding to is not a professional behavior. No, but do but people do it. It's not good behavior no. that Kira Knightley had sex with Alexander Skarsgård. Where are you going with this? On the dining room table. <laughs> I don't know. I just I'm just it just makes me curious. I don't know. I have no I'm not putting any kind of like um I'm not answering my own questions. No, you're, I'm keep just talking posing in circles. Them. I'm just posing them. I don't know. 
I, and I don't. I feel like do I have to answer these? Do no. I have to like answer for myself here? No, you're supposed to be equally posing questions back at me. I'm trying to answer these questions. No, it's okay. All right, let's move on from this. Okay. All right, that was about the characters. Now let's get into the worldview. What is the view of humanity? Is that something you want to talk about? Mm-mm. Okay. What good insights? We're. Th- we are still a new podcast, everybody. I know we have like six whole episodes out, <laughs> but we're still trying to like work things out, find out what works for us. So we're throwing these darts at the wall and see what sticks. I probably won't stick with this format for movies, but we do need a format to keep us on some sort of track. This talks way too much about humanity. You sent me these questions. I know. No. I just put them into... There are no good insights into life. I mean, yeah, there are. I mean, war sucks. It causes devastation. We have to pick up the pieces. Some people fail at it. Some people help each other at it. Some people do nothing at it. And human nature is just... It's whatever the individual is like. So it doesn't... It doesn't mean anything. And that's it. There's no more questions after that. All right, that's fine. Well, I really <laughs> liked it. I really liked the like the romance of the affair even though you're not like I think you are supposed to. I mean, it was You kind of root for it you, because yeah, they, you, you want them you like you like all three characters. You like uh the colonel less so until the very end. Yeah. Well, and you know he's a good guy. But does but she deserves some kind of happiness. He's so good to everybody except for her. Right. He's such like a compassionate guy towards the Germans. Yes. But he's not compassionate towards his wife. Right. Until the very, very end. Mm-hmm. You really root for Alexander Skarsgård because he's just this... Really so humble person, yeah. So humble. I he, I mean, he's so good. I was waiting for him to turn evil. Yeah, because I thought it was just too good <laughs> to be true. He was too good to be true. Plus, he's always the bad guy. Is he? When is he a bad guy? He wasn't well, a bad guy in True Blood. Well, he was kind of bad. He was kind of bad until it was revealed. Everyone like, was on a spectrum that on that he show. Was hurt, yeah. He was probably one of the better guys in the end. He treated Sookie really well. He was a bad guy in the, your show with Reese Witherspoon. Oh yeah, he was so good at being a bad guy in Big Little Lies. And he wasn't a bad guy in Tarzan. I'm assuming not, but I haven't seen <laughs> he it. He was Tarzan, <laughs> and I don't know what else he was in besides that. Me, I'm either. I don't know. So he's not always a bad guy. I guess no. He just seems... He was in a war movie, uh, which I want to see. I haven't seen. I don't know. He was in that funny Netflix movie with that... um, (sighs) Carlos Pena. Is that his name? The... Michael Pena? Michael Pena? Carlos Pena is a baseball player. Oh. The Mexican-American actor that was in Crash. Michael Pena. Okay, that guy. (laughs) (laughs) What movie was that? I don't know. It was on Netflix. I'll look it up. You keep talking. I'll look this up. It looked funny. 
Fill fill the airtime. All right. This is this is really hard. <laughs> so <laughs> tonight we're drinking wine. I drank about two sips because I've had a migraine all day and I'm trying not for it to come back. Um, it's called Prayers of Sinners and it's a red blend from Washington State that I picked hey, for Apple the bottle. State. I picked it for the bottle because there's there's a skeleton on it and I'm a sucker for anything bodily related and death related. So it's really good wine though. I highly recommend it. It's almost as good as the Murph that we drank last week. I like it. Oh, it's the Evergreen State. Sorry. <clears throat> it's the Apple Cup is Washington State versus UW. Oh. That's what I thought. Apple State. Evergreen State. Home well, Washington Apples. That's Kurt where we, Cobain. we assume all the apples come from. But really, they probably come from Florida. No. <laughs> no that's impossible. <laughs> They're just heavily waxed. They're really just oranges that have such... Such hard wax on them. We they don't know. come from Washington. Where do um, apples? Well, obviously not Florida. Come from? Well, I want to know so, now. Not, not historically. <laughs> France. I don't know. Probably. Uh, Washington, Turkey. New York, Michigan, Pennsylvania, California, and. Virginia. Okay. There you go. I'm a big fan of Virginia. I'm a big fan of... Um, Michigan, I guess. Pennsylvania and Virginia. Hmm. Never been to Washington. Me either. I'm from New York, so I'm done with that. California, I've only been to Tahoe, so I can't really... I've been to San Jose, but I, can't I couldn't give, afford to eat at McDonald's in San Jose now. I, I, yeah, I can't give an honest opinion about California. I've only been to one spot. Yeah. And half the time I was in Nevada. Yes. Because Tahoe's on, in both states. Oh, that's cool. I've never been there, but that's okay. Um, Well, I was going to talk about stuff. Um, what was it? We're reading Love Lettering. I'm not going to lie. Jonathan does not like it. And that's because, because we're being honest, it's not because it's like poorly written because it is expertly written. He just doesn't like the talk about the fonts. Well, we'll get into that <laughs> in the next episode next week. Yes. So that's a little teaser. But if you can read quickly... And it's a pretty quick book. Yeah, it's a short book. If you can read quickly, read Love Lettering by Kate Claiborne and you can participate with us. And go to our Instagram page or go to our show notes. Um, drop us a comment or DM us. And we would love to know your thoughts about our shows. And we'd love to have your subscriptions and your ratings. Yeah, leave us a five star if you can. Leave us a one star. I don't even care. Just leave us something. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we'd really like to start. I mean, don't leave us a one star. <laughs> we Oh, we have a Facebook page too. So please like interact with us. We really want to know what you think. We want your questions. Tell us where you're from. Not like like 
general. We don't need to know specifically where you're from. Just general area. Yeah. We want to get to know you. Yeah. And we really want to do a giveaway. I have really cool giveaway stuff. And I'm really looking forward to sending it to you. So um, so sign up. Like us on Instagram and Facebook. What else do you want to talk about? I think we're that'll wrap it up for us today. Okay. So the movie is The Aftermath. If you can rent it, if you have HBO, it's on HBO. If you just if you can see it, it's it's really worth watching. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. I've got nothing else. All right. So. Well, we will see you. See you. We won't see you ever. <laughs> Maybe one day. I don't know. But we'll talk to you next week with Love Lettering. Bye.